This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit and His help. You say, Alan, this is a long series. So, well, <clears throat> welcome to Wednesday night. But the idea with Wednesday night is we get a chance to kind of take a look and, and dig a little deeper. And we get a chance to look at more scriptures. And we get a chance to, to really look and, and examine. And, and like any other Bible topic, if you think you know everything about it, you're, you're kidding yourself. We don't know everything about it. And so everything we're learning, I mean, and even though you, you can know, and you've been studying something for years and still see greater insight into it. So let's pray, and then we're going we're gonna to look at this, the Holy Spirit and his help. And uh, that's some good stuff tonight. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for your goodness and your mercy in our lives. We're thankful for the Holy Spirit and his help. We do need his help. We need his help, Father, in so many areas, in all areas. And so we're grateful tonight. We look to you for wisdom, for insight. We look to you for revelation. We look to you for understanding. And so, Father, our hearts are open. I ask that you would anoint me to speak your word with boldness, with accuracy and clarity, that we can have a greater understanding and walk out of here stronger than how we came in. Thank you for every individual that came and every family that's represented. They made an effort to come, and in all labor there is profit. I thank you, Father. They may have come in tired, they're going to leave stronger. They may have come in down, they'll leave up. I thank you, Father, that when they come in, however they come in, they'll leave better. Because spending time with you and spending time in your presence, in your word, and with your people is one of the best things we can ever do. And we give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. If you can agree with that, just go ahead and say amen. John, our text has been John 14, 16 through 17. Jesus is speaking. He said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. This, this evening as we begin to talk about this, as we start to get in, the, especially these next few weeks, and by the way, as a reminder, after the, the service we'll have some of our staff over here. If you would like, if you're interested in knowing more about being filled with the spirit or have questions about the Holy Spirit, we have some of our staff and some of very seasoned staff here. And they've, they're really good at answering all those tough questions. So don't ask me, ask, ask the staff the tough questions, but we've, uh, they're, they're available. As we get into this next few, these next few weeks, we're gonna be talking about some areas that, that depending on your upbringing, how you were raised, some of you were raised in church, some of you were not raised in church, you may have heard teaching of for, against, and some of the things we're gonna be talking about, about the Holy Spirit. Here's one of the things we always wanna be clear with people, especially here at the Ark, is that God offers choices to people. There's always choices. Look what we see in the Old Testament. This is in Deuteronomy. Moses is speaking. And he says, I call heaven and earth as witness, witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Moses had just pretty much delivered the law. He delivered the blessings that are associated with following God. And he says, you need to, he said, you want to choose life. He gives them a choice. But he said, you have a choice. So I'm gonna give you blessing and cursing, choose life. Every day we're making decisions. When we choose God's way, we're choosing life. And so, but it is a choice. God always gives us choices. I've heard people say, God, just, just, just make me do it. Just make me do it, just make me do it. That's a, you're wasting time with that prayer. He's not gonna make you do anything. 
Well, y'all got so quiet, it's like, did I just ruin some of your doctrine? It, no, he, he's not going to make, if he was going to make you do something, he'd make everybody get saved. And we'd all go into the millennial reign tomorrow. Be all over with. We wouldn't even be having to open up a new building. He won't make you do anything. He will give you a choice. Here's another scripture to back that up. Revelations 3. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him, into him, and dine with him, and he with me. Jesus is saying, I'm standing at the door and knocking. And if you don't open this door, I am going to mash it down and come in there, whether you like it or not. That's not what he says. He said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. You've got to open the door. How many of you knew, maybe you were raised in church, and you knew about Jesus, and you knew about salvation Maybe a long time before you ever received him. Anybody like that? Were you waiting on him? Were you waiting on him to save you? No. He was waiting on you simply to make a choice. We always have choices. God doesn't force us to do anything. And so as we talk about some of these areas, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I, I meet so many people who said, man, I had a bad experience you know, with some Pentecostal people, or I had a bad experience with some charismatic people, or I had a bad experience with, with people in the Holy Spirit. You didn't have a bad experience with the Holy Spirit. You had a bad experience with people. But sometimes we have to re-educate ourselves. And so I'm going to be re But here's the, here's the bottom line. I always tell people this. If, you, if you're like, no, I don't want any of this, you don't even need to worry about it. Because God's not going to make you do anything. And so that's the good news. We have choices. Isn't that good? You know, it, it really, it wouldn't be love if it wasn't a choice. True. You can't make somebody love you. It's a choice. God isn't going to make us love him. But thank God there are so many of us who have made the choice to say, God, I do love you. And I'm going to serve you. And that's, the, that's my choice. And aren't you glad he gives us choices? Sometimes, though, we have to re-educate ourselves. I, 1983... We were in Bible school, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joy came in one day. No, Joy had, uh, this, we had, Matthew was a surprise to us. We weren't planning on having children. We were going to wait five years before we had any children. We were married just a few months. And Joy called me into the bathroom. She said, look at this. I thought I had to kill a spider. <laughs> she was showing me one of those home pregnancy tests. That her, her example looked better than the than the box. I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh. So here we are. I went and took a long walk, prayed. I said, Lord, I know I had something to do with this, but this still wasn't my idea. <laughs> so we named him Matthew. I looked for a word that said surprise gift. There was, there, it means gift of God. But Joy, first pregnancy, my little wife, I think when I married her, she weighed 90 some pounds. And, but she was hungry. And she discovered two things. One of them was Dunkin' Donuts. She would drive all the way across Tulsa, get a dozen donuts and come back. She never came back with a dozen. <laughs> she came back with powdered sugar on her face, but she did not come back with a dozen donuts. But then she walked in the apartment one day. She said, Alan, I just had some frozen yogurt. You, you, you need to try this. I looked at her and said, I, I, I don't like yogurt. I don't like yogurt regular. Why do I want it frozen? Now, this will date me, 
because this was, this was, this was in the 80s, right? She said, no. She said, you got to try this, this frozen yogurt. I said, I really, I don't want to, I don't like yogurt. Yogurt, if you don't stir it up well, the old kind of yogurt, if you don't stir it up well, tastes like sour milk. I said, I'm, I'm, no, I'm out. I don't want it. She said, you, you have to try this. I said, okay. Don't argue too much with a pregnant woman. And so we went to a place called TCBY. And I walked in. I, they should have filmed me. I would have been a commercial. Because I took one big scoop of that chocolate frozen yogurt, and I looked at Joy. I said, this, is, this can't be yogurt. That's actually what I said. I said, this can't be yogurt. This tastes too stinking good to be yogurt. This is, this is chocolate ice cream. She said, no, it's yogurt. It's lowered calories and lower in fat, and we can eat all we want. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I still like fro frozen yogurt today, but I had to be re-educated on yogurt. I had to make another decision. Some of you have to be re-educated on the Holy Spirit. You've had, ooh, I've had bad experiences. No, I'm going to tell you something. Not with him you have. Maybe you've had bad experiences with people. So as we look at this, just keep an open mind. We'll look at scriptures. And I'll give you plenty of scriptures. But let's talk a little bit about more of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Here's one of the things he does, and this, is, this will be good to get straight. He convicts us. John 16, 8 through 11. And when he has come, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The word convict means to expose our need for God and that we are separated from him. I mean, now, I want to be real clear on this. He does not condemn you. He convicts you of sin, your need for God. He actually draws us to Jesus and convinces us of our right standing with him. You say, well, wait a minute. I know sometimes after I became a Christian and I started doing some of the things that I used to do, I felt so condemned. Anybody ever feel that way? You just felt, man, you, you, you missed it and you knew you missed it. And you just felt so bad. You're like, oh, man. That's not the Holy Spirit condemning you, making you, putting you under condemnation. In fact, the Bible said there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who don't walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. So he's not condemned. He's convicting you of sin. You know, we, almost every service that we're in, we have people who come in and either they come back to the Lord or they receive the Lord for the very first time. We've been so blessed as a church that we have that. But if you preach the gospel, here's the beautiful news. I don't have to convict anybody. The Holy Spirit can convict them. I can be talking about thoughts and hands can go up for people that need to receive him as Lord. Why? He convicts them of their need. The Holy Spirit convicts them of their need for God. So you don't have to make, you don't have to put someone under condemnation. You're a horrible sinner and you're going straight to hell. That's not a good message. That's rarely effective in reaching people. So you, you want to be, you know that, don't you? You, you want to be effective. You, you just, the Bible said the gospel is good news. So you share the good news that Jesus has already paid for your sins. And all you have to do is receive the salvation that, that's in him. He was on the cross for us. He died for our sins. God raised him from the dead. He's alive. And all we have to do is receive that. Don't have to earn it. Don't have to work for it. 
Don't have to come and confess every sin you've ever done because you can't, I can't, no one can. You're not going to remember them all. But how many of you have ever been, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, maybe you were in a church service or maybe someone was sharing with you, and man, you just came under conviction. I need God. I looked at Joy when, when, I, when I first met her. I looked at her one day. We had dated for She was visiting her sister for two weeks. We were down in Clear Lake City. I looked at her one day and I said, I think we have a future together. She looked at me. She said, no. <laughs> She's just real sweet. You know, that Joy smile. She smiles. She smiles when she talks. I can't smile when I talk. She smiles when she talks. She smiles when she preaches. She smiles all the time. She looked at me, she said, no. No. I mean, nicest rejection I've ever had. It was a, no, she said, she said, the man I marry is going to be the spiritual head of my house. I was away from God at the time. She knew it. She just looked at me, she said, no. When she did that, I started to do something you never, ever do. This is in the guy code, you don't do this. I started to weep. How many of you guys know it? If you get rejected by a girl, you never weep. That's like, that's, 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 number, that's number two. Number one is zip your zipper. Number two is don't weep when you get. And I just began to weep. And I could not stop. It's not that she was condemning me. It's not that she was telling me I was a horrible person. The Holy Spirit was convicting me of my need for God. And I looked at her and said, I'm taking you. I took her back to her apartment and I fell across my bed and I said, God, I've run from you all my life. I'm tired of running. I'm yours. That was his work. That wasn't joy. That was the Holy Spirit. Some of you have similar stories or maybe you just felt convicted. He's not there to condemn you. Now, when you do miss it, you say, man, I've missed it and I feel so bad. When you feel bad, the Bible said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that means when you miss it, don't, don't run from God, run to him. And say, Lord, I'm sorry, I missed it. He, it, he won't surprise you. He already knows. When, in other words, when you confess your sins, it's not the first time he finds out about it. Right? You don't come and confess, and he goes, really? <laughs> no, that's when you get rid of it. That's when you get cleansed. He convicts. Second thing, second thing one of many, he witnesses to us, Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit witnesses. To witness means, let's read 8, 16, I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. To witness is to testify. As one who can give a first-hand account, one who furnishes evidence, he witnesses to us that we are God's children and we belong to the family. When you made Jesus your Lord, there's, there was something on the inside. Now, after joy, and I fell across my bed, and I went, I went running, and I, I rededicated my life. I just felt so good on the inside. But there was a witness that I was right with God. I was his child. And that's what he does. He bears witness with us that we're, we're a child of God. How many of you know right now, if you just, just you said, you know what, Alan, I know, I'm, I know I'm born again. I know I'm a child of God. Because you, you know that. Couldn't talk you out of it. You know, a lot of times what happens is when people start, when people start to first make that decision to receive Christ, oftentimes they're a little unsure. 
But what happens is over, over a period of time, th that witness grows on the inside of you and your testimony changes. And people say, well, are you saved? And you used to kind of go, yeah, I hope so. But then you, then you begin to get to the place where you go, yeah, I am. And then you get to a place you go, absolutely. And then you get to the place you're just sure. Some of us, you could not beat it out of us with a baseball bat. We know we're saved. We know exactly. If I die tonight, I know exactly where I'm going to go. I'm going to go and be with the Lord. There's that confidence. You say, well, I wish I could have that confidence. You can. You absolutely can. It's not just available to me. It's available to anyone who will simply say, Lord, I am yours. I am so glad I am your child. And as you communicate with him, don't act like you're begging him all the time. Don't act like you're just trying to get him to accept you. You're one of his children. You don't let your children beg. He doesn't want his children to beg. So you just come in and say, Heavenly Father, I'm so glad you love me. I'm so glad I love you. I'm your child. I am part of the family. Something happened to me tonight. I don't have to go. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. No, no. If I die before I wake, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And to be present with the Lord is, by the way, is far better. But we can wait. All right? So we got work to do. All right. He witnesses to us. Here's this next one. We might have to spend a little bit of time on this. He equips us. Now, this equipping is found in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 11. Now, you may have, have, have heard this being taught as the gifts of the Spirit. I like what the, what the New King James calls it, the manifestation of the Spirit. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. How he manifests is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Notice he keeps saying the same spirit. To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, these are being taught as gifts of the Spirit, depending on, again, your background. Some people say, hey, Alan, these things passed away. Uh, there's not scriptural evidence for the fact that they passed away. And so these manifestations of the Spirit, but I think the clarity of it is it maximizes our usefulness in the body of Christ and equips us to bless and strengthen others. Now, let me just take a little bit of time and go through these if you're not familiar with these, what these manifestations of the Spirit are. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. This is not, there's not a gift of wisdom, it's the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Some people say, well, you know what, I, I have the, the gift of wisdom. I scored real high on my SAT test. I have the gift of wisdom. No, you're smart. The gift of wisdom is a manifestation of the Spirit. A word of, word of wisdom. I mean, the word of wisdom. A good example. I'm sitting in a Bible study. Uh, a Bible study. I'm sorry, it was a prayer time. Kind of a prayer meeting. I'm in the afternoon. I was working at, at, uh, at night. I was actually in Bible school. I was working at night. And I was working with, uh, I was working as a waiter at this time in a restaurant, so I didn't go into late. So I was in the afternoon session of a, of a prayer school. They were teaching on prayer. Sat beside a lady, and before the class started, she began to talk to me. And she was telling me that she had just gone through this horrible, horrible depression, this oppressive depression that was just absolutely wrecking her life. And uh, she told me this, and I, and I just listened, and, 
And then, you know, the class was going to start in a few minutes. And so I was just sitting there. I wasn't talking anymore, just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, I knew something. And I knew that today she was going to be free. But it was a strange experience. I'd never had that before. So I kind of hedged it. I looked over her and I said, um, I think today is going to be your day. You're going to be free from this depression. <laughs> and she, uh, she looked at me. She said, did the Lord tell you to tell me that? put me on the spot. I'm like, yeah, he did. And I'm thinking, oh God, I hope that was you. <laughs> they did the class, and then after they broke into small groups, and they had a prayer session and different groups. She wasn't in my group. She was in another group. But I remember I looked over there, and all of a sudden, she just began to praise God. Her, it's like something broke off of her. Her whole face just lit up. And she began to go, oh, thank God I'm free. I'm free. You, you, you do realize there's spiritual oppression that can land on people and can absolutely dominate them. And to see her countenance before and her countenance after, it's like looking at two different people. And she's just going, I'm, I'm, I'm free. She, she was weeping. She was crying. Her whole face lit up. She found me. She said, I'm, I'm free. I'm thinking, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, she's free. <laughs> but that was a word of wisdom dealing with God's future plan for her. Future. It's a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is when the, and by the way, that wasn't just me coming up with an idea. That was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit who told me this girl was going to be free. To see, that wasn't me coming up with something. That wasn't me trying to be encouraging or say, hey, sister, you know, thank God you're going to be free. No, that was, a, that was a word. Word of knowledge deals with present things. You heard me tell a few weeks ago about when, when Joy was pregnant with our second child, Christina. They couldn't tell what, they couldn't tell from the ultrasounds. This was a long time ago. They couldn't tell from the ultrasounds what they were. You might remember those days. They used to look at the ultrasounds and go, I think it's a boy. It might be a girl. They didn't know. And so with the, with the ultrasound, they couldn't tell. So I'm sitting there. Joy is walking because she's past her due date. When she gets past her due date, <laughs> so she's, man, she's past her due date. She's at the park walking, walking. And I lean down and all of a sudden, I, I, I know that it's a girl and she weighs seven pounds, six ounces. Anybody remember me telling that story? Some. Well, that's a word of knowledge. That's exactly what that's, I didn't know anything about. I didn't know, even, I didn't know the sex of the child. When she was born, girl weighs seven pounds, six ounces. Word of knowledge deals with things in the present. Sometimes the word of knowledge and, and people, uh, you could look at uh, times, I've looked at people, it doesn't happen all the time, and knew they were lying. Or, or just, you know, and he's like, well, how in the world do you know that? There's nothing to indicate that. That's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, but it helps. Typically, it's used to help other people. Now, depending on your, on your background, depending on how you were raised, some people are raised in, in churches where people gave words to other people. I always tell people, cautionary tale on that. It's anytime anybody gives you a word and says, this is a word from the Lord for you, you always have the right 
to judge it as to whether or not it, it, it bears witness with you. We went to a Bible study one night in my hometown. A man was preaching after he finished preaching. I couldn't understand too much of what he was preaching about. I wasn't trying to be critical. I just couldn't follow him. But he closed his Bible, began to give words to people. And he looked at me and he said, you're going to, he said, you're going to travel all over and you're going to, you're going to be a traveling minister. And he named a few other well-known ministers at that time. You're going to be like them and share amazing revelation with people. And I remember when we walked out of the Bible study, I told Joy, I said, I said, uh-uh. I said, uh-uh. I said, that doesn't bear witness with me. He was wrong. I never was a traveling minister. And, it, and here's another thing, too. It glorified me. When the Holy Spirit will do something, he's not going to glorify you. He'll encourage you. He always glorifies Jesus. So anybody making a big deal over you, time out, Sparky. We're going to make a big deal over Jesus. But we're not going to glorify, oh, you're going to be great. When you hear somebody say, you're going to be great, you don't want to back off of that slick. You just back off. I'm not great. I serve one who is great. And I hope that's not too much, but word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You say, well, who, who does that happen for? Anyone who has the Holy Spirit in them. He can give you a word that will bring help for somebody. A lot of times it brings relief. It brought such relief to that poor girl who'd been under oppression. It brought such relief to my wife who was ready to have this baby and needed to know. Does that make sense? Manifestations of the Spirit. So Alan, I thought that passed away. It didn't pass away because the Holy Spirit did not pass away. He's still in us and he's still working through us. Let's look at a couple more. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge to another of faith by the same spirit. That word special, that word faith there, it typically indicates special faith. Say, well, I wish the Holy Spirit would give me faith. Actually, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But there's times that special faith can step in. We have a friend uh, who I've introduced here at the church a couple of times. His name is Ben Gill. He's one of our missionaries. He's a missionary to Bolivia. Ben's about 80 now, and I, I think he's starting to slow down a bit. He's a missionary to Bolivia. Ben has had at least two people raised from the dead under his ministry. In Bolivia, he went and, and prayed for a little girl who had died, and God raised her from the dead. How many of you, how many of you know that takes special faith to see that happen? You say, well, I don't believe that happened. I, I, I believe Ben. Ben doesn't lie. Ben, is, ben was a truck driver from the valley that God sent to Bolivia and started to work in Bolivia, has a, has, a, has a television ministry that's still going on in Bolivia. That's special faith. And it just was a, a faith that couldn't be denied. Manifestation of the Spirit. Through another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. These are the gifts of healings. Typically what you see, and again, I, you realize we could, we could spend a long time on these. But gifts of healings usually is someone who has uh, the Holy Spirit will use them in certain areas. That's like certain people maybe who have cancer get healed under their ministry. Or people who have like um, problems with their bones or, 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 or deaf or blind. 
and so you see gifts of healings. You say, have you, have you seen people healed? Absolutely. We have people healed here all the time. We have, in fact, we have healing classes, and we've, we've had numerous people healed of cancer. Alan, does the, does, do you have that gift, the gift of healing? None of the gifts belong to us. None, the, it's the Holy Spirit who manifests them as he will. None of them, I don't, if anyone says, I have the gift of healing, you're going to back off of them too, because that's not your gift. It's, we're vessels that the Holy Spirit can use in that. One of, one of our uh, prayer partners, prayer partners, she's a staff member. She was my very first uh, admin assistant. Her name is Janet Hestelow. I don't know if Janet's here tonight. But Janet, um, boy, a lot of times when people are, are sick, they'll come up to me and they'll say, Alan, would you, would you pray for me? If I see Janet around, I will have them go to Janet. I'm not trying to pass them off. I just also, I just know that for Janet, I've known her for years, but she's been with us like 24 out of the 25 years. I've known Janet all that time. I know that God uses her in gifts of healings. And she, she has laid hands on people and, and seen people healed. So if I come to you, would you pray for me? If I see Janet, I'm going to send them to Janet. Why? Because I know the Holy Spirit uses her in that area more than me. Now, anybody could lay hands on the sick. That's what the Bible promises us. But if she has gifts of healings, I'd rather send them to somebody who the Holy Spirit uses in that way. Does that make sense? Gifts, gifts of healings are the real deal. Y'all are quiet. This new stuff, this is new for some. That's good. That's good stuff, though. Because it just opens up a world of possibilities. And just to, I'm telling you something. Oh, and gifts of healings, thank God for them. I thank God for the healing power of God that saved my wife's life, that chain that has worked in all of my children, that has worked in me. It's a marvelous thing. And, and the Holy Spirit, can he do some stuff like that? Absolutely. Can he still do it today? Absolutely. Can he do it in our church? Absolutely. But we need to know about it because if we don't know about it, we don't even know to believe for it. Does that make sense? Okay. Would you bow your head with me? Heavenly Father, we're grateful and thankful for all of your gifts and for all of what you do and what you give and the manifestations of your spirit. We thank you for that. Thank you that you give us wisdom. Thank you for a word of knowledge. Thank you, Father, that these things can operate in us because we're believers and it's the Holy Spirit who uses us to do that. So we just open our hearts to you and ask you to use us to be a blessing to others to be a blessing to people who are in such need, to bring Jesus to them. Such your bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and, or maybe you're watching online and you say, Alan, I, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure. Or if you're saying, you know, Alan, I, I had a relationship with God and I walked away from him. Well, we're going to give you an opportunity. You can change that tonight. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front, but we're going to pray. And if that's you and you're saying, you know, that's me. I recognize in my heart my need for Jesus or I recognize I need to come back to him. Would you pray for me? Would you shoot your hand up real quick just across the auditorium? Thank you. Thanks. 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 Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, hands went up all over. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. You can still join us in this because this is, this is a heart prayer. We're going to pray it together with you as a church family. So let's pray this out loud. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. 
I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead right now. I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've come out of spiritual darkness into the spiritual light and for those who've come back home, we rejoice with them. Father, we thank you that you continue to walk and strengthen us and that the Holy Spirit is helping us in all areas of our life, today, tomorrow, and in the days to come. We give you all the praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.